Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. As we have seen, the book of Daniel is an amazing book. Most of us know portions of it based upon childhood stories and things like that, perhaps even upon sermons and teachings uh, that have some application to the day in some form of fashion. But uh, there's portions of it right here that, for the most part, are just sort of skipped over. <laughs> we are in that portion right now. Yeah, we've heard about Nebuchadnezzar before. <clears throat> we've heard about Daniel in the lion's den. We've heard about Daniel's three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah being thrown into fire. You know, we've heard about these things. But when you get into the last portion of Daniel, the last six chapters, the last half, and you're dealing with the dreams and the visions, we've heard bits and pieces. But to try to pull it all together and see what's going on, you say, what is this all about? Well, take heart. Uh, Daniel did the same thing at the end of his life, as we'll see later on. He said, Lord, what does all this mean? You know. So we, we've reached the end of the 10th chapter. I want to go back and read the last two or three or four verses of that to set the context for us again. Remember, Daniel's had an encounter with a man dressed in linen. This is a, a divine being of some type. Okay, It's not a human being, but it's one who resembles a human being. As he says several times, he said it in verse 16, said it in 18, said it in previous verses. This one with human appearance. Verse 19, this one in human appearance said to Daniel, O man of high esteem, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Take courage and be courageous. Now, as soon as he spoke to me, I received strength and said, May my Lord speak, for you'd strengthen me. Remember when this one came to him, Daniel fell flat on his face. And then this one goes over and touches him, raises him up to his hands and his knees. And Daniel says, you know, anguish is upon me because of the vision. I'm being overwhelmed by this. I don't have any strength. Well, then he strengthens him. Daniel says, I don't have any breath in me. He touches him again and he stands him up. So verse 20, then he said to Daniel, do you understand why I came to you? But I shall now return to fight against the prince of Persia. So I'm going forth and behold the prince of Greece. It's about to come. So remember this one had been fighting against the prince of Persia. It actually took him 21 days with the help of Michael to get away to come give this message to Daniel. But he's saying this, hey, the prince of Greece is about to come. Verse 21. However, I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth. Yet there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces except Michael, your prince. And so let me again remind you just to read the scripture. Just pay attention to what's being said. Don't worry about, okay, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Particularly if this is the first time you've ever read it, or even if it's the hundredth time you've ever read it. <clears throat> Just read it and say, Lord, what is being said here? You'll be amazed at what he will uh, uh, bring to your observation here. And because what we're about to go into in chapter 11 is one of the most profound portions of Scripture. It's also, <coughs> can I say, one of the most confusing Okay, because it is uh, a long passage. Okay, it's a long passage delineating what's about to come. What's about to come from the perspective of Daniel. Now, portions of this, I believe, have already been fulfilled. I would say the first 35 verses of it, but don't hold me to that exactly. Okay, but about that part has already been fulfilled from our perspective. And yet, after that, 
that portion hasn't been fulfilled from our perspective. So it's really important to realize that now this divine being is going to explain to Daniel. I wonder if Daniel, he says that that vision had caused great anguish and overwhelmed him. I wonder if Daniel saw the vision. This is sort of where I am now. That he saw the vision and was just overwhelmed by it. The angel strengthens him, tells him to stand up, and then says, okay, let me explain this to you. Here's what all this means. You know, you actually see this kind of stuff in movies now where somebody, particularly like in Star Trek and things like it, somebody's overwhelmed with what they see, and they see just huge passage of time instantaneously. I'm thinking it's that type of thing. So remember, there's no chapter division. There's no versification. Chapter 11, verse 1, that just helps us know where we are, says this. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I arose to be an encouragement and protection for him. Which begs the question, what? Who was I? Well, who was speaking at the end of the 10th chapter? It's this divine being, the one with the appearance of a human. He is the one that arose in the first year of Darius to me to be an encouragement and a protection for him. To confirm and to strengthen him. I'm looking at four different Bible translations right now, and they all have um, wonderful nuances with them. So he's declaring, I'm the one that rose up and did this. In other words, he was commanded to go and do this. Verse 2, and now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings are going to arise in Persia. Then a fourth will gain far more riches than all of them. As soon as he becomes strong through his riches, he will arouse the whole empire against the realm of Greece. And I just remember what's going on here. This divine being is telling Daniel, the human being, what is going to be happening. Remember, he'd already told Daniel, hey, I've got to go and go resume what I'm doing against the prince of Persia. But know this, that the prince of Greece is coming soon. But we don't know how long soon is, but we've got some timing markers right here. Because he tells him three more kings are going to arise, and then a fourth will arise. So there's going to be four more kings that will arise in Persia. Well, Persia is where Daniel was at this time. It's the Medo-Persian Empire at this time. It was the Babylonian Empire before. And he's telling him four more kings will arise. And you say, well, that's going to take years for that to happen. Well, not necessarily. You know, sometimes we superimpose our understanding of the kings and how long they live. Right now, the Queen of England has lived longer than any king, a queen, king or queen has lived in all the British Empire history. That's like 800 years, 900 years. She's lived, reigned a very long time. But then there's other times, like when our nation, we had one president that only um, lived a month after he was inaugurated. It's what he gets for standing outside in the cold rain in his inauguration. And I think he spoke for like three hours, something like that. Uh, he winds up getting sick with pneumonia, I believe, and dies. <laughs> you know? So it could be a relatively brief period of time. Regardless, the angel, or I don't want to call him an angel, the divine being is telling Daniel, here's what's going to happen in Persia where you are. There's going to be four more kings that are going to rise. That last one is going to be so strong in his riches that he's going to arouse the whole empire against the realm of Greece. That he's going to be the one that's going to stir up because of his riches. He's going to stir up the kingdom of Greece. 
He's going to cause trouble with Greece because of his riches. That doesn't mean necessarily that he's the one initiating it. But if you've got a kingdom and the kingdom is growing like Greece was, and it had gone from a, a, a rough collection of nation states under one person, or oh, what was his name? can't remember. And then another person comes along, his son, Alexander the Great, and unifies all these city-states together, and they grow very strong. And all of a sudden, you look over there, and you see this other kingdom of Persia, and they have vast riches. Well, what would the temptation be? <laughs> Go get it. Look what the ESV says. And when he has become strong through his riches, he shall stir up all against the kingdom of Greece. Let me see what the Lexman says. And when he becomes strong through his wealth, then he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Javan, Javan, Greece. That sort of carries the idea right there that perhaps because of the strength that he has, that he thinks he can go conquer Greece. So there's something that's being developed right here. Daniel is being told about it from the beginning. Let me tell you what, folks. This 11th chapter is amazing. Because let me flip through. I don't know. I'm going to say it's 40-something verses long. <clears throat> it is 45 verses of this type of thing. 45 verses. So don't get distracted. Don't get worried. Don't feel like you have to memorize it all. Don't feel like you have to grasp it all and understand it all. Don't feel like you have to line it up historically. I've tried to do it several times. I learn more every time, but I still don't have it mastered historically. I just know that it's the word of the Lord to us today. Well, my time's way past. I'll see you in the next episode, okay? Goodbye.